0: All right, what's up, everybody? I'd like to welcome you in to a sit-down with Tony P. and Matty B. I'm your host, Tony Pompilio.
1: And I'm your co-host, Matt Buford.
0: Today is Wednesday, December 23rd. It's about 6.15 in the evening. So, uh, for those of you who listened to uh, a second live video on Facebook and who had listened to our first episode, I had kind of spoke about a gentleman reaching out to me and uh, he, uh, he has been through some stuff, and uh, he's all good now, and he asked if he could uh, come on and tell a story. So without further ado, we have the one and only David Foster.
2: Thank you, sir, for having me, and you too, Matt. Um, I've, I've caught a couple glimpses here and there from your guys' first couple podcasts, and like you mentioned earlier, I, I figured, I mean, why not get a story out and talk about my life story a little bit? about where I came from and my addiction, um, and just try to get it out there to people that could benefit from it. And I've been trying to get out there, and you started this podcast, so I figured I'd reach out and give it a shot.
0: Well, good, man, and I wouldn't lie to you, but really I got goosebumps just off you saying that. But um, so, yeah, after we did our second live video, Matt and I, I, I worked third shift, so I had woke up to a message um, you know, and, and it, it just said what I had said. He said, Hey man, look, i I'd love to come on your show and get my story out there. And, um, that's kind of the point of this show is for that. So, um, so let's start off here for those that don't know Dayton, Kentucky.
2: Yes, sir. Born um, and raised. I was born there, um, 1988. Um, well, obviously the, the hospital, <laughs> but i grew up and lived in Dayton, Kentucky my whole life. Um, I had. I guess you could say, an average childhood. Um, Mom and Dad were off and on. Dad drank, and he just wasn't a father yet. Um, So he was always in and out of prison. My grandma was the one who actually, I would say, raised me. Um, Spent my whole life with her. I still live with her, obviously. Um, But she was really, I guess you could say, strict. Like, I wasn't really allowed out. Um, grew up on 2nd Street, so there was nothing really there for me to do as a kid. Um, it was until I was about 12 or 13, I think she started letting me do a little bit more, like ride my bike around the corner or whatever, always had to be in when the street lights were on. Yeah. Um, so I really didn't really ha- hang out with a lot of people that I do now because of them circumstances, and they always lived either up on Dayton Pike or a couple blocks away out of sight of my grandma um so once I got a little bit older I was able to go to the park and interact with uh, kids in my class got into sports young I think third grade I started playing basketball for uh, Lincoln so that was that was pretty good to be able to interact with kids and, and play something that I like to do um after Lincoln I went to uh, obviously Dayton High School and, I mean, I wasn't really good at at, at school. Like, I was terrible at math, um, but I tried. But I knew that if I played sports, that it gave me a motivation to keep going to school and to try to do good, to get a diploma. Um, so I tried out for the, uh, the football team, which is funny. We'll go back a little bit. So I lived by the flow wall. Well, I snuck all on top of it one one afternoon, and I seen football practice beyond a flow wall. And yeah. I'm like, hmm. So I snuck down, and I, I can't remember I talked to, one of the coaches, Pee Wee youth coaches. And uh, he gave me, a uh, app- like, an uh, application or... Form, well, form. 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 Paperwork. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, like, ran it back over to my grandma's, and she was like, where'd you get this from? I'm like, the coach over the flow wall, well... Yeah, she didn't like that. Well, anyway, they let she let me play. I was first year senior, so I started late. Gotcha. Um, and I just fell in love with it. All my friends that I graduated with, we played from sixth from sixth grade till we graduated. Um, so in high school, I really just stuck to sports. You know I mean, I was a, uh, I played football and basketball. I played traveling uh, baseball growing up, but I never really played high school baseball because I just focused on basketball and football it was more of a passion and i knew i was good at it than baseball like baseball is hard as hell
0: yeah it is (laughs) it is two round objects and uh, hard.
2: and you don't get it's not like a a a me like basketball like i i gotta have the ball i mean i gotta make plays football you just gotta roll with it and hopefully quarterback throws you the ball right but um anyway so after after high school i uh I tried to go to college. I attended uh, Lindsay Wilson. It's down in uh, Dare County. <clears throat> I went to play basketball. Um, and it just was a totally different atmosphere. Like I said, it was like four hours away, so I lived on campus. Um, didn't know anybody. And if you think high school basketball is tough at some point, like practices, wait until you get at the college level. Like yeah. it's practice, practice, practice before the season even starts it's like then you got to go to class well i ended up quitting because i was just like i can't do this like it's terrible so i ended up hanging out with um some people that i that were freshmen too that i uh came good friends with and um they had uh some marijuana so i was like well all right so
1: and how old were you at this time Eighteen, uh, yeah, eighteen, yeah, right, right around. Well, there. um, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, right around.
2: There. I I went, yeah, I was eighteen when I enrolled, and I turned nineteen that September. Got gotcha. you. Um, so we were doing stupid stuff like you ain't smoke, you ain't of smoking on campus. It's a private campus. We just back in a parking lot in the by the girls' dorm, face the driveway, smoke. So I was I was doing that every day, cutting class, wouldn't go to none of my classes. So it was like Christmas break. I came home, and I was just like, I'm not going back. And uh, I kind of regret that now, but then again, it um, got me to where I am because I could always go back. Um, So then when I came back home, I was just like, I didn't really have no motivation of working or nothing. I was still in that stage of, I'm still a kid. Like, who works at the age of 18, 19? I mean, I'm living right. at home. Um, I was my mom would give me some money if I needed it. Um, so then I just hung out with the people that I do now, and uh, I was going to parties and uh, smoking weed. Which at that point it was just like that's what every teenager does. Right. I mean, you get introduced to marijuana, and it's like it's the greatest thing ever. So right now, at that point,
0: so now. You're now in college. Was this your first experience with weed, or or have you tried it before?
2: Um, not as much. Okay. Because, like, once I graduated, like, I went and hung out with a couple of buddies. I didn't go to, like, dinner or nothing. I went home, changed, and then hung out with a couple of buddies that graduated a year before me. And then I started smoking with them. Um, but, like, when I got to college, it was like, that's the only thing to do. Gotcha. You know what I, mean? I, didn't, I didn't play no sports. I was four hours away, didn't have a vehicle. So it was like, I'm going to hang out with these guys and smoke.
0: So um, I know you talked about down at Lindsay being four hours away. Like I went down to Moorhead. You know, it's not four hours. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. But um, it was one of those things when I was down there, it was like like my dad, mom and dad always used to say, you know, Eastern UK, Moorhead, it's far enough away, it's away. But if you need to come home, you can come home. So, do you think uh, when you came back for that Christmas, do you think with Lindsay being four hours away, was that one of my points? If it was an hour and a half, would you have still maybe debated it, or were you like, piss on that? I'm not driving four hours back down there.
2: Um, Maybe if it was closer, I I might have had a second opinion, Um, but I just knew that I wasn't happy down there. Um, Like I said, I'd only be able to come home. Like that was the first, second time, I'm sorry, second time I got to come home um since being there which is like four or five months right um so it was just it was something at that age that I wasn't used to like right. I was always used to having family around friends around being able to walk to wherever I needed. and then it's like I, I when I went down there I didn't have a phone so it was just like like how am I going to get a hold of people like I, I don't got money for
0: so did, did you go down there with anyone or were you no, by yourself I just went by right. myself that's too. huge man I
2: <laughs> like i like i want yeah. to play basketball more than anything so it was like what was the best chances of me going i know i didn't have a shot at northern or any local schools around here um and i just ended up um emailing the coach right and they had a jv team and he was like you can get on it if you want you just got to earn a spot gotcha and it was just like fifth practice or whatever i'm just like
0: i'm you know, out yeah like, but no, and you're right. I don't that, want that spot. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, I'm good. See, I'm not on no scholarship or
2: nothing, so I can but, walk away. But yeah, like you
0: said, to your point, and now again, I'm not going to sit down like I was some road Scholar down Moorhead. I was only there for two years. And um, I did, I had three of my other friends from Newport who went down there. So like, it was nice. You know, like I could reach out, you know, you know, one male and two female, you know, just uh, you can call them or talk to them if you need them, you know, because they're in the same boat you're in ultimately. Right um all right so uh, so you we, we, we talked about uh growing up with mom dad and and grandma was a big influence
2: yeah she still is yeah gotcha yeah.
0: well're good 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 uh, she's still going that's awesome so um so now we're, we're in the weed and we're back home and we're rolling with our friends and at what point did it hit you or you're like oh shit this ain't right this ain't right
2: as far as smoking Smoking. Never. Doing, never. Nothing. Never. Okay. Never, never hit never, you. Never in a million years crossed my mind that it was wrong. Gotcha. I was in that stage where if I don't get caught, it, it's legal. Right. And um, I, I never got caught at until later on. But, like, when I first started, it was just, like, it changed how I felt. And it was, like, the greatest thing to me. Like, I, I fell in love with it. Right. And it was easy to get.
0: So, and again, just to give people the timeline here, um, I know you said you were born in, what, 80, Eight. 88? So, you graduated in 2007. So, we're in the 2008-ish era, 2008, 2009-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, j- just to give people a timeline where we're at here. So, um, so and again, I can say this, um, I, I don't mean this to pat myself on the back or to, to mean anything sideways. I've never tried weed. I haven't. I've never tried coke. I've I've, I've never tried anything. I have never even tried a cigarette. My mom smoked, um, and she still does. And my grandma smoked. And so back in our day, you know, you, you, you would go to the corner store. He knew who you were, and they would sell you cigarettes. And I would never even touch the pack. I would make him put them in a bag. Like, and, and even when I bartended for a few years, you got to clean the ashtrays and right. shit. I wouldn't touch them. <laughs> I would I would take like the the worst cloth, cuff my hand, pick the tray up, and dump them. It's just it's just it's so weird. So. I guess my question to you what uh mar- when, when you were uh smoking marijuana what what was it that that you just couldn't put it down
2: I mean I felt like the the people that I hung out with I'm not saying that they're bad people um for even introducing it to me um but it was just like a different feeling like it it made me feel not like powerful or anything like that, but it just made me feel like calm and collective, and that that high. It was just it was a different feeling that I never experienced before. Gotcha. Like I drank and stuff, and it, you just wake up with a hangover right. and like, right? Damn, what what happened last night? Like, why do I feel like this? Right. But weed, it was just like it eased my mind and it just mellowed me out. And it was just
0: no, gotcha, gotcha. So um, so. And again, uh, just to ask this, and again, just for those of you listening, I know of Mr. Foster here, but I don't like know him, know him. So when I ask you this, I hope we don't take offense to it. So we know you were smoking weed, which hell, again, this is 2008-ish. In today's world, that's normal, right? Hell, what is it, like 30 states that's legal or something? Something like that. Yeah, so it's not really nothing crazy. So, and again, I don't know this. Um, did, Did lead... Or did weed lead us to anywhere else? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so now again, and I don't want to skip over anything. So we're in 2008, and we're back home from school. Um, and again, unless there's anything else you want to talk about during that era, or do we want to move on to what was next?
2: Uh, we, I mean, we we pretty much covered that. We can move on to what. To okay. The next phase.
0: So, what was the next phase?
2: Um. So, I uh, like I said. Okay. So. My father ended up, um, coming back into my life. Um, he, so basically I didn't have a dad for the 18 years of my life. Um, and I'm not saying it was his fault because I've done it before him, but he would always have them or get them. And then for some reason it was just like, it was natural. Like we were doing together. Or oh, so,
0: so what's it in them? Yeah, what oh, are Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. Perks.
2: Okay, perks. Okay. Perk. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But it was more doing it with my friends. Um, I can't really remember how I was introduced to them. I'm guessing maybe at a party or something. Um, and then that that just it was just a, another different high. Like it just changed the way I felt.
0: Now, now that that's one thing I can with um, again. i never perks but uh in terms of like vicodin right like when i was younger from college and like you know we would take them before we go out just to kind of get jacked you know kind of set the mood if you will so um so now you were on these and and were we still smoking weed as well yeah yeah i was still
2: smoking still drinking um and i just got introduced to a new drug um and I, i i did them for eight years
0: so wow. we're, we're close to 26, 27.
2: Yeah, I, I quit at 26.
0: 26. So so we, we're doing weed, drinking, and we're doing perks. Mm-hmm. So now during all this time, uh, uh, are, are we working? Or are we doing anything? Or are we just hanging with Grandma, Mom, and Dad?
2: No. I mean, um, I would have odds and ends jobs here and there, like with family, like uncles roofing or stuff like that. But, no, it was basically sleep stay up all night and sleep during the day my mom would throw me a couple bucks here and there and i would throw in on some beer or some weed or if my buddy had them he would usually do them with me yeah. do the perks with me and it was perk fives perk tens um and then if i did have enough money i'd, I'd buy a perk 15
0: so so now i gotta ask that's foreign to me you said perk five, perk ten, perk fifteen. I'm assuming you take a perk fifteen. Well, what we're calling it a night, right?
2: Um, depending on how messed up <laughs> I am before I took it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and and again, like we're mixing this. So you might start off with some of your boys, and we're just drinking, and then somebody shows up with the weed, and then it's ten fifteen, and and Johnny shows up with the perks. We're like, let's go.
2: Oh yeah, I've had crazy nights. Okay, We've done party shooters. You know what that is? No. All right. So basically, you take a shot of liquor, whiskey, or liquor, whatever. So Jim yeah. Bean or vodka, whatever. And then, after you do that, you take a hit of marijuana, and then you snort a pill. So I mean, at that at that age, all all I did was I just partied, You know what I mean? Every day. Right. Every day. Every night. Like, not to an extent to where it was, like, crazy. Like, maybe Monday or Tuesday, you know what I mean? I, was, I would always smoke during the day. Like, not during the day, but at night. Like, it didn't matter what day. But, like, the weekends was when it was real.
1: Got turned up on the weekend, huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, like I said, I was young. wasn't working. So, it was just, like, I wasn't old enough to get in the bars yet. So, there was a house party. I, I knew there was going to be marijuana there. And... We were all the same. So if we had it, we'd do it with you. Like, we wasn't going to make you buy it or anything. Right. But, I mean, it just, like, 4th of July, uh, Memorial Day, any holiday, I was I was getting high. It, it didn't matter. Wow. <laughs> all
0: right, so we're... So I asked this because you said at 26. So I think you said that was it. Yeah. So is is there anything else we want to talk about before we get to when you said that was it?
2: Yeah. I mean, we okay.
0: can. All right. So what's what's something now? And again, I asked this, knowing nothing of your history, if you're a criminal or not, if you've ever done anything. Was there anything you look back on that you want to talk about? Um, and again, you don't have to mention names or anything that you look back and you're like, I can't believe I did that. Like if you had one thing, if you just wanted, to, um, I don't want to say confess, but um, just something to where you look back on, you know, like I think in life we all have a couple things where we're like, whether it was something um, juvenile or something like we, we had a decision, we could have done this or that, we're all like, oh shit, I wish I would have done that.
2: Honestly, I, I can't because if I could change it, I probably wouldn't be here. Like, I wouldn't be at the point that I am today. Like, no. everything that led up to me being sober has a purpose. Gotcha. And, I, like I said, I wouldn't change it because then who knows what would happen. Right. You know what I mean, it's made me... To the person that I am today. It's made me realize, looking back, like, I wouldn't change none of that. Like, do I wish I could d- still do some of that stuff? I think about it. Like, yeah, I wish I could smoke again. And, I mean, I, I probably could, but then it's just going to lead to something else. Gotcha. And then I'm going to have to restart over, probably go to treatment. And and it's just something that I I realized over time that, I mean, you, you, you get old at a, at a certain age. And it's just time to grow the fuck up and right. take right. care of responsibilities.
0: That's kind of one thing I always say. I'm like, man, man, we're not 16 anymore. Like it's not cool. You know, right. you know, it's not cool to do this right. or like, that or whatever the situation. May it's be. like,
2: do I want to keep doing this until I'm 60 or do I want to actually live a life and, Okay, and be coherent and remember things and be around for things and have friends yeah. that trust me and want to hang out with me and, because that was a big thing. Like, I, the people I graduated with, like, dude, I went to vacations with them, their families. um, And then it was just like 22, 21, 22-ish. I just abandoned them because I would rather get high with not-so-called friends and didn't want to be around my true friends and let them see me like that. So, basically, I... I made a point to where I just like lost all contact with them. Didn't want to hang out with them. Didn't text them. Nothing went MIA from them for five, six years. Gotcha. And then all along, once I got sober, um, it's like never left to beat. Like they were still there for me. Me not knowing that. Really. Like they just they didn't judge me. They still invite me to places, their houses. It's like
0: it, it's kind of. Um, kind of ironic that you talk about that because um i'll have spurts in my life and again not saying nothing to do with drugs or addiction or anything but there's times where i feel that i'm just a good person and you know and and when i reach out to people or talk to people and sometimes they don't respond or and 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 at the end of the day i kind of mind fuck myself because i'm like well hell they got kids too they're probably busy just like i am right you know but then there's other times where i'm just like want to hang out and then like nobody's available you know, and, like, I guess I take it personal. I mean, not personal where I'm mad at them. I'm, but I'm just, like, I'm just a person. Like, if I go, you know, if I go anywhere, I, I'll make friends. And Like, if I go to a bar, like, hey, you know, like, I'm just, like, an open person. And right. I just feel there's sometimes when um, when I reach out to people, like, just nobody's available. Like, I almost take it personally. Right. Like, 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 they don't want to hang with me or something, you know. And, and it's so weird. But, like, with you saying that, like, you said your friends and family who were always there for you, and then you kind of left them and then you sobered up and, and they were there. Yeah. Like that, that's so awesome, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I celebrate uh every year. Um, so my sobriety date is February 24th of 2015. Um so me like 12 13 of us the first when I finally came back in April. Um so that that following February like twelve thirteen, fifteen of us went to scene seventy five for my celebration because I always had to do it on the weekend before my actual sobriety date um and like every year last year we went through axes in covington like they, awesome. they support me, and uh I mean that's basically what it's about
0: so now um so 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 at this point we're twenty six when, I mean, when you said you were you were done. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 so we're yeah. twenty six and um uh you had you had already called me out on this and uh you had said, Hey, I saw Joe and he said you reached out to him. And I said, Well, I appreciate your honesty and so you know there's a couple other people I called too. <laughs> yeah. So uh so so we're clean at this point and you said you had your date. So let's talk about uh, Kenny Picarillo and Willie Pefferman. All right. So How did that come about? And, again, I I called Pick. He told me a little bit. But I want you to tell the story on how we got to where you're at in terms of what happened from whatever situation with you and Pick or or Willie or or vice versa, however it went.
2: All righty. So when I came back um, from treatment, I started getting back into friends with Rob and a bunch of other people that played softball. Um, and we got in the Newport league and pick was always the ump. So that's how me and pick got real close. Um, and then once he found out that I became sober and stuff, like I'll see him out at like the vets or, uh, hometown heroes or whatever. And we just been talking and it was a couple years ago at the vets or I mean at the Bellevue Eagles. Um, it was a holiday. I can't remember what holiday, but. I pulled him to the side, and I was like, look, I need to talk to you. I was like, I know you know a lot of connections. And I, I told him basically what my plan was is, like, I want to talk to River City Schools because this is where I'm from, and I know um, that there's not a whole lot to do here, and it's very easy to get into doing drugs. And he he gave me some contacts, like uh, Bellevue's AD, or, um, administration, Newport's, no one get got back to me. And he knew that I've been wanting to try to get this out there and and help people in any way I can. And then uh a few what was it last back actually back before before the pandemic. So okay. March, last March. Yeah, so um it was March 11th. It was the day or it was the it was a couple of days before the high school tournament.
0: Oh, the state tournament. Okay. Cause I was say, I know on March 15th, that was when a lot of shit got shut down. So, so it's close. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, he contacted Willie and uh, he gave me Willie's number. So me and him started talking. And then I think like a couple, like a week or two later, Willie texted me and was like, Can you do this time at the Life Learning Center in Covington? I'm like, Sure. Well, I notified Pick cause he wanted to go. And it was the night. Of, so Ryle's women played earlier that day. Okay, state so, tournament. Yes. Okay. So it was that night because I was going to go down for the boys the weekend. Gotcha. Um, so I I spoke um, spoke in front of people that go to AA meetings. It was 30, 30 minute speech. I want to say of my story. Um, and then my mom actually grew up. My mom and dad actually grew up with Willie. So he didn't know that I was our kid, but he knows my sister through active addiction. And uh so really pick is my lifeline through this. Gotcha. Like he's he's even told me he's like once everything picks up, I already got contacts for you.
0: That's awesome. So for those that don't know, we're talking about Kenny Picarillo and um what what he had mentioned about the league down there for a couple of years down Newport Stadium. I think it was Wednesday nights.
2: Was it uh, Wednesday nights? We play on Thursday nights. Okay, Thursday
0: nights. They had a softball league down Newport Stadium for a while. So, yeah, Kenny Piccarillo and Willie Pefferman. Uh, let me tell you the first time about when I met Willie. It was – I don't know what year it was, but we played Bellevue in baseball down there on, on the backfield, you know, because they got that beautiful front field now. And the uh, game was over, and my dad was uh, sitting down the right field line. You know, that's where the cars were on the back Bellevue field. And game was over and, and you know he said hey it's my man Willie yeah gotta you know my dad you know it's my man Willie and I'll never forget when I shook his hand his fucking fingers went up to like my forearm you know Willie's a big dude man yeah. and I, which I've now come to learn you don't want to mess with Willie you don't want to mess with Willie nope. and uh he, I, he boxed and all that stuff right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but I'll never forget man because you know being a 15 16 17 year old kid that was hands down the largest hand I've ever shaken at my shook in my life it was it was unbelievable. But uh but no, Willie, really, uh, like I said, when when Pickett told me about Willie, I'm like, small world, man, you know. Obviously not knowing you, knowing you. Right. But like, obviously I know Pick, know Willie, and you know, here we are, December twenty third, and you're telling us your story. So, um so you got with Pick and you got with Willie and you're over at the Covington Center. So I know when we had when I think it was when Pick and I smoked, so and again, I don't want to interrupt your flow, your story here. So, was because remember earlier I had mentioned I went to college down Moorhead. Right. Did did you go down Moorhead for something?
2: Yes, I. Um, okay, so I ended up. I was going to go out of town. I got family that on the my dad's side of the family that lives down in uh, Whitley City. Okay. Um. And it was a Friday. I just now like I had a a brand new Audi that I just got. I had like for six days. Um. I was in a car wreck and got a settlement. Um. And so I had marijuana, ten perk tens on me, and a cooler full of beer, but I wasn't drinking the alcohol. I I was I was still under the influence of pills and marijuana, um, and I was trying to play um, Pandora, and I guess I switched lanes or was in and out of lanes or on the line, and I still swear to this day that somebody called, because I mean I'm always cautious. And I'm always looking at my rear view mirrors and there was nobody behind me. And then next thing I know, there's two cops behind me state. Big right. Hats. Yeah. Right by the Williamstown exit. Yeah. So I got glasses on. They license registration, gave it to them. And, uh, they're like, uh, they come back and they're like, so, um, step out of the vehicle. I'm like, all right. And they're like, well, we got probable cause cause it's stank in there. Like it, we just got done smoking right and uh they're like all right i want you to be honest with me is there anything in the vehicle that we need to know about if not um we'll just bring the canine dog i'm like fuck i was like yeah there's a jar of marijuana in the back seat in a uh, bag and they were like care to get it and i'm like no i'll get it for you and they're like is there anything else and i'm like yeah I got a." Uh, about 10 perks in a medicine bottle in the center console. So I get it for them and they come back and they're like the moral story. If you didn't have the pills, we just write you a citation. So I'm like, Fuck. so write the Grant County Detention Center. Um, I did like 11 days and then I got out on probation. And like I said, I would do anything that make me feel better. So it was heroin, pills, whatever. At this time it was, it was heroin. Like I didn't really even care about doing pills, care about smoking, care about drinking. It was heroin. Um, knowing that I had a drug test on Wednesday, I decided to get high on Sunday because I'd always I knew how to beat the system. Get high for half the month, cranberry juice the other half before I took before I got drug tested, and I'd pass. Well, this time bit me in the ass. I ended up failing, so I had to go back to jail. And they said that they brought in, a um, like, an assessment guy. And he's like, here's the deal. If you wouldn't have did heroin, we'd get you a sanction. And I'm like, that's bullshit because the same dude in my cell, this is for sanction on the same charge, heroin. And he's like, oh, what are cracking down? I was like, well, I'm going to talk to my lawyer first before I make any rational decisions. So I called a break. I had two years left. On, uh, so I had basically three for three on probate, uh, three for three. My probation was three. I took three for three for the charges when I went to court. Help me understand what that means. Yeah. So it's, um, three years on the shelf basically.
0: Okay. Now I, I've heard of that terminology before. So basically does that mean if you, if you mess up again, this is what you're getting. Yes. Like there's no more. This is like final warning. Yeah.
2: Like yeah. if, if I was, so, so when I took the deal, When I failed that drug test, like, I was facing three years. Okay. But um, I had a good um, family lawyer, and uh, I guess he made a deal with the judge or whatever. And they said that if I went to treatment and completed it, that nothing would restart. My probation wouldn't restart or nothing. I would just have whatever remaining years left, I would just have to walk. Which at that time, I when I got out of treatment, I had two years left, and they said, and they were like, if you do everything under the guidelines that we tell you, that your felony would drop, it drop to a misdemeanor. So I'm like, fuck. All right, where's the dotted line? Sign it in court. Well, I had to wait. I ended up being in Grant County for six months for a bet. and. I'm very grateful that they sent me to because if they had sent me like the Covington or local, right. it's like, dude, I'm home whenever I'm whenever I get the privilege to for curfew, I'm home. I'm gonna get high because I'm gonna be around the same people. Um so it was August was it August? Yeah, I believe it was August twenty fourth is when I got out. Yeah. So my of, mom. Of what year? What, what year oh, are we I'm talking? Sorry, of 2015. Okay. Yeah, because I did the six months. Um, yeah. So February because I was high February 23rd when I went to report. So that's why February 24th is my sobriety date. Gotcha. So I did six months. I got out that Monday, and my mom picked me up, and straight to straight to Morehead. So I was like, damn, this sucks, like. I was supposed to get out at 8 in the morning but they didn't let me out until noon. So my mom already had all my stuff. We got lost on the way down. <laughs> so we had to call them like, "Look, we're on our way. I know we had a, I had to be there like 2. Right. Or 3 or something like that." And it's like so we called them. I ended up getting there like 4, 4 or 5. <clears throat> but anyway, uh so it took me took me 7 months to complete that. And uh I got out April 1st of 2016. And, like, if, for one, if I wouldn't have took the treatment, I would have been dumb. But me, being the addict as I am in court's like, treatment's for pussies. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, I'm not going to treatment. Like, I don't got a problem. The whole, you know. Um. So, after that, I I didn't have to go back to court. Once I completed everything, but I just wanted to look the judge in the eye and her look me in the eye and tell me. I didn't want to wait for no paper in the mail. <coughs> and uh, so I left work early. I had to be there like 8, and she basically um, called my name up, looked at the prosecutor and everybody, and was like, Did he, is he in compliance? Did he do everything? <coughs> and, <coughs> excuse me. And um, she basically was like, congratulating me awesome. And then like a week later, I got the letter in the mail.
0: And then that was it? Yep. So April 1st of? 2016. 2016. Was when and I got you, back. And you, okay. So he was going to say you went in February like 28th? 24th. 24th.
2: I was gone for, uh, between jail and treatment, I was gone for 13 months. So, so what's <laughs> the
1: process like drying out, if you will?
2: Of getting sober?
1: Yep. You know,
2: whether you're doing do you it and you know go ahead
0: man, get you a drink, man. Get you a drink.
2: <laughs> um, see, this was all new to me. But when I went to uh treatment, we had to take um it was more like behavior modification. Like it basically just taught you how to relive your life. Um, so we had like classes in it. It um we had to follow these these twelve steps. Um, We had meetings, 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 meetings. Like, before you could even phase up, you had to have, like, 21 meetings or something like that. So, I mean, it was basically like jail, but you got more privileges the higher you got up. So, it was like, when you first start, you're in scrubs. It's, like, safe off street. You're on, like, 30-day probation. And then you get out of scrubs and then uh, you're MT1. Then you got to have, like, 20, like I said, 21 uh, meetings before you can even go to MT2. And then uh, once you get to MT2, you get a little bit more privilege. You get, like, a curfew. Um, You're allowed out on the weekends. People can come see you on the weekends. And then you go to phase one, which is, like, weekends you got to be in at 11 uh you get like treat special treatment like whatever foods left over from like breakfast lunch and dinner it's called face snack you're allowed to go to cafeteria and eat it <coughs> we were allowed playing board games um you only had to have four meetings per week because you can double up so you didn't have to like go on friday um you can get a weekend pass to go home if you don't have no consequences, which is like, if you have like uh, your room's dirty and whoever inspects it, you get a basically a tally. Okay. Um.
0: So now at this point, uh, so it, uh, is this like a house, if you will? Because um, you didn't mention room, like so, you didn't say so cell like, or nothing like that. No. So like, like a halfway house, kind of. Like ish? like a,
2: well, picture like um, the Grateful Life Center. Okay. Yeah. But bigger. Okay. So like, so it's just a bigger but stage. But it, was, it wasn't like so. There's just straight up and down. So when you walk into Moorhead, it's basically like laid out flat. And then like when you first walk in, there's the office, and then you got a couple of classrooms. You got the SOS dorm, and then you got MT1 dorm, and then you walk back through another door through the, I guess you call the courtyard, and then that's where the Phase One, Phase Two rooms are.
0: All right. So up to this point, <coughs> and yeah, I don't know if this was Matt if this was Matt if this is what Matt was getting at. Um, again, like I I've been around people who um who, who have been addicted before. So at this point you're in there. I guess my first question, if you wanted something, was it in there for you to get it? Even if it was simple was the lowest dose of a perk or a Vicodin or, or whatever, if it was there, <coughs> could you have taken it?
2: Well, yeah, there was there was people that would.
0: So it was available. Yeah. Okay.
2: That, that... Personally, I never I've never seen it, but like, if we got on lockdown, it was mostly because like I think one day they found like bag full of needles up in the ceiling, ceiling
0: tiles and stuff.
2: Yeah. But like, yeah, it was like you had freedom. Like the doors weren't locked, so if gotcha. you would just if you were on, if you were there court ordered, we had a pro- we all had the same probation if we were on court ordered. Down in Moorhead, he was right across the street from the high, or from the college, and the, from his office to our facility was probably about a mile. So we all had the same probation. It was just like if you if I was to leave, I would get a warrant for Moorhead, and around here, so wherever I'm from.
0: Gotcha. Oh, okay. So so like you can't just do, get that and come home because you're still in the same. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. He would he would push the paperwork up to Campbell County.
0: Gotcha. So now. Um, Fortunately, you chose not to do anything while you were in there. So, what was that, I think, when Matt's drying out question? So, I know you see it in movies and shit like that. But, like, did you have the sweat? Did you have the shakes? Did you have anything? Any, like, temptation slash frustration of, like, I want to do something?
1: Sorry, I'll, I'll jump in. And I appreciate you explaining that. But you're, you're close. So, I guess what I'm looking for is that moment. It probably happened while you were incarcerated. <clears throat> when you were like, I'm not on anything right now. And it either feels like shit or it feels good.
2: That's a good question. Um, Honestly, it sucked. Because at that point, it was just like, I'm in a cell. I can't do nothing. I can't, can't get, get anything. Um, I really never detoxed or... Like, had the colds or the shakes or the sweats or anything like that. Um, so, it was just more like a mind thing. Like, I just want to get out so that I could get high. And that's why I didn't want to take the treatment. Because I knew that I could have used it as an escape goat to try to get out quicker and then fuck up in treatment or come back and fuck up. But once I went there, it was just like, I, I, I focused, it, it, it allowed me to focus more on myself. Like, I didn't have nobody I knew, no friends. I couldn't be like, hey, Bob and Jim, you want to go get high? Pick me up. Um, So it was more like every class that I was in, like, I I paid attention to. I listened to what – because the teachers or peer mentors, they're one of us. Well, one of me. It's just not like a regular teacher or professor or whatever. So I basically took bits and pieces off their stories or what they went through or what they did um and if like i didn't really i only hung out with a certain clique if you want to call it right but it was a clique that actually wanted to change their lives around
0: not like the clique your boys that you're running with in high school correct to where they're like yeah let's go it's kind of like the little devil on your shoulder come on man right so like the
2: hangout was wendy's right like friday night if i had all my meetings we'd go to wendy's and get coffee um or we would uh, sit in the um, cafeteria and play Bones right. or Euchre. right? Um, and then it was like once I got to phase two, I got more privileges. I was allowed well, to close my door. I could have a PlayStation, a cell phone, a car, a DVD player, food and stuff. Um, but it was just more that it gave me a second chance to get away. Basically, you could call it a mini vacation – but it allowed me to learn more about myself, learn more about the program, and it gave me steps and guidelines to um, to use in case I needed to. Like if I was ever in a situation, like so. Funny story: a couple. So it was right when I got back. So like I said, April first, twenty sixteen. That New Year's Eve, I was up. My buddy, Dilts. His family throws an annual um, New Year's Eve party. And I've been going up there for years, minus when I was getting high. Right. And uh, so I'm I'm just fresh back. You know what I mean? I still got the devil on the shoulder. And it was like, all right, well, I'm in the driveway. No one's around. I could easily sl- slip into the basement or into the garage and get a jello shot nobody would know I mean them were the things that were going through my head so and they don't I guess they kind of understand a little bit now that they've heard my whole story um but at the time they didn't get it so I couldn't like talk to them about it plus they're intoxicated so that wouldn't have worked (laughs) (laughs) um so and my sponsor I mean I I I called him but he he lives down like olive hill area yeah, yeah yeah um so I called my mom, knowing that she's drinking at a bar. But it was somebody that I I felt that I needed to be around. So I called her, went down to Manhattan Harbor and watched Ohio State get annihilated by Clemson for an hour. <laughs> and then once that phase went away, I I went back up to the party. I tell you
0: what's awesome, man. Um, with you, I uh, I I gotta. Seems like you do too, because you're pretty good with the dates. Is uh, I got a pretty good memory, but this for you to say, yeah, I w- went down there. That you remember that that much in detail, mm-hmm. what what was going through your head, and you was like, nah, I'm out. Then I'm gonna go watch, and then you knew the game, and obviously the situation, the ass whooping, and whatnot. Like that's that's um, this very interesting, man. That like that that significant moment. Yeah, on, honestly, you didn't even yeah, hesitate.
2: Um, no, no, I I couldn't have because everything that even up to that point, even though I was still confined within jail at that point or treatment, just now getting back for the first time that I'm by myself in open space with no nobody to tell me what to do or have to follow guidelines or wake up at this time, this time, this time, or report. Um, it was just at any point I could have got high or drunk at that at that particular point, And nobody would have knew. Because I could have easily took three or four jello shots, chugged a beer, and left. Right. And nobody would have knew. I wouldn't have said anything. And so, like you said earlier, God knows what would have happened. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and another thing is, like, I don't... I've worked so hard to get to where I am. Even at that point, it was like, I don't want to... I don't want to fuck it up. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to start back at square one. Like, I know... The causes, the effects, the reasons why I've got higher. Like a lot of people say that it's not a disease or anything like that. Well, sorry it is. Like I got a a chemical imbalance. Like my brain, my imbalance is different than most people's.
0: I'll tell you, I'm glad you said that. So like I told you, my my mom still smokes. My grandma smoked. My grandpa smoked. Um, And again, I've always said that. And now that I'm an adult, remember I told you when I was younger. You know, I wouldn't even touch cigarettes when I bartended. I wouldn't touch the ashtrays. Like right. I'm just like it's disgusting. Uh, but now that I'm 39 years old, not now, but you know years ago, <laughs> I had the realization of what an addiction is. Right. And like I said, man, there's three things I'm addicted to: sex, gambling, and chapstick. That's it. Yeah. You know that ain't nothing to do with what you've dealt with or anybody or anything else. But like I, um, I just. I never had to your point how they say it's a disease, not a disease, and, and all this and that. I, you know, is it a choice or a disease or whatever? Right. Um, and and I want to ask you this, and, and and you seem straight up enough for me to ask you this, and I want your honest opinion. First off, I think it's a choice, and again, I, I'm not fucking a road scholar here, so I put this together, and then obviously the more research it, everybody is kind of have this theory as well. Is it a choice that becomes an addiction? See what I'm saying? Right. Like you didn't, the addiction didn't make you do that, but once you did it, you're addicted. Does that make sense? Right. So what's your opinion on that?
2: I think it, obviously it is a choice because, no one's gonna force feed it to you. Right. But then again it it triggers an addiction an an addiction. Right. Because like for instance the the normal person can drink during a week and know when to quit and be functioned the next day go to work. Me or people like me don't know when to quit. No, and I'm
0: with you so uh, there was a fellow, Mike North, who used to just on the radio a lot, and that's what he would say. I guess his dad, you know, he said there's alcoholics and there's functioning alcoholics. You know, some guys, like you said, can pound it five nights a week, get up at 7 a.m. and go to work, not miss a beat. Other people can't. Right. Other people do it, and they're out from Tuesday to Thursday. So right. you're right. That's That's crazy.
2: I mean, it's just the chemical imbalance in me is not normal. Yeah. Like, because, like, every everybody wants to feel good. Most people know how to deal with stipulations, tragedies, or whatever uh, better than others. See, I couldn't. Like, I, any little thing, car broke down. I'm going to get high because it's going to make me feel better. I'm going to take right. my mind off me not having a car. Um, girlfriend cheated on me. Well, fuck it, I'm getting high right. because I don't have to worry about feeling hurt until obviously it wears off but for that little amount of time i'm feeling good um and then once the alcohol didn't make me feel as good as i want it that's when i turned to other drugs and I, i figured out that that makes me feel good well this makes me feel better well this is cheaper and it makes me feel 10 times better right um so that's that's how basically my steps went as far as different drugs like Tried everything besides crack and meth. But it always led to something else. Now, would I choose mushrooms over heroin? No, I've only done mushrooms a couple of times. They're all right or acid. But it didn't give me the feel that I wanted, like a heroin or like a perk. Or if I wanted to melt out weed. Like like I said earlier in my story, like I loved playing basketball it got to the point where I would rather get high than go to the courts and play basketball. Right.
0: And, and again, just not to backpedal, but just to say when I talked about the choice and addiction, like that was what, what I used to think. And like I told you, like if I leave this house, and I'm not lying to you, brother, I'm going to pull this out, I got these all over the fucking house. It's ChapStick, all right? If I leave here and I don't have it, I'll stop at the closest gas station and get me a ChapStick. And I know that's not the same as smoking or drinking or drugs, but I definitely understand the addiction part.
2: Of it. I mean, everyone has their opinion. Um, yeah. The sober people are going to say it's a choice. Uh, people like me that are recovering addicts or in active addiction is going to say otherwise. Because we... You can read stuff online, stuff like that. You can research it. But until you sit into a class and you read or you listen to other people talk about it, like, that's real. Like, they... They can't control it like if it if it wasn't if it was only a choice, it wouldn't do it right, well, not only that, but people more people would be sober right you know what i mean if you may if you do it if you choose to get high, just as easy as choosing not to get high, but it don't work like that, right that's why you see people overdosing or hitting rock bottom um losing everything, you know what I mean, and it sucks like I lost everything, but while being sober, I was able to get everything back. Like everything comes back, like, um, like cars and fancy things. You know what I mean? All that, like you can get that back. Um, can't get a life back. So like for the, for the people that want to say it's a choice, want to say it's not, want to say it's not an addiction, um, cancer's addiction or cancers, a disease, a yeah. disease like stuff you said, like that.
0: and you know, I'm glad you brought that up and I wouldn't lie to you. I thought about asking you that, but then I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm bombarding you with a tweener questions, right? But I, I only want to ask you cause a, you just brought it up and you seem open <laughs> enough that fuck it. I want to ask you cause we're 55 minutes in here, um, <laughs> for the person. And like I said, I used to think that the choice became an addiction and blah, blah, blah. But like I said, I'm very self-aware. And I told you sex, gambling, and chapstick. Right. Um, if, I, if I don't get it, I, I flip out. <laughs> so to your point of the person that does say that, and like you said, that's like the number one thing. Uh, p- p- uh, Cancer is a disease. And you're like, well, no, addiction is a disease. So like, and again, because with you just bringing that up, and I'm sorry to interrupt you on that, but it seemed, okay. like, it seemed like you were going there on that. So what's your opinion of that?
2: I mean, yeah, cancer. Like you got the cancers of disease, um, things that are curable. Right. Well, addiction's curable. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be an addict for the rest of my life. I'm gonna have them, them feelings and everything. Um, but I'm curable. Gotcha. By staying sober. So anything that you can cure is the definition of a disease.
0: You're right. You're smarter than me. But like,
2: <laughs> I'm not trying to say like. For, like, people that got cancer and stuff like that, like, I'm not trying to downgrade it because, like, you can get that. Like, you can't – you don't have no control over that. Like, that's not a choice. It just happens. Um, But you could say it's a choice to get high, which it is because you, you don't wake up – like, I wasn't born an addict. Right. I was just born with an, a chemical imbalance that I didn't know I had until I started doing drugs. If, gotcha. if that makes any no, sense. No, I'm with
0: you. Um, so uh, while I still had this on my head, I want to ask you, because you, you talked about it earlier. You talked about your teachers that have been down that road. How important was that? You know what I'm saying? Like you just didn't have some person with a degree on their wall, but you said they were one of us. So like how important was that?
2: Um, it was very important because it was, it was me being able to see them like, damn, that's what they went through even though my story might not be similar but we have a lot of similarities right. um and to see them cuz you got to like i said if to be a peer mentor like you got to complete the program and then you got to after you do the aftercare cuz it's a 6 to 9 month program so then you get a choice if you want to come home or live there on the in the facility and be a peer mentor so these people were like even when i got there they're they're probably like at least two years in so they they've done went through the program if you want to say twice right um and they're still sober and they're still helping out and they're still they still got the knowledge i mean they they can read the big book front to back know all the steps anything like if you got a question they know it if they don't i'm pretty sure they'll find it like it just it just helped me realize like well if he's up there teaching being a facilitator Still living here, chose to live here and not go back. Like, that's that's courage. Right. You know what I mean? And he's willing to help us out when he don't have to. Like, they don't even, I think they made like $100 a, a paycheck or $100 a week, like nothing. Right. But they didn't have to pay to live there. <coughs> so it was like, I'd rather learn from somebody like that than somebody reading out of a book or getting right. their research offline. Right. Saying, I got a doctor's degree. Like, well, he's probably smarter than you because he's lived through it. I mean, you're just reading scripts or researching Google, right? One hundred percent agree. Yeah.
0: So what mm-hmm. you got, Matt? You are taking some notes over there, man? Uh, got- <laughs> I,
1: I want to back up a little bit um, to something that's always just kind of interested me because we we got there, but we got there kind of slowly. Heroin, All right? And and you went there briefly. You said, you know, this is too expensive, so I went to this.
2: Mm-hmm. When you got there, what was that like? It was a whole different ball game, right? whole different ball game. Um, but see that that's funny you brought that up. That was basically not many people knew I was doing it. Um there was a few that I I thought didn't know, but they might have or had speculations. Um but I kept it in house, like only with the people that I was doing it with. And I wouldn't go around people if I was high on heroin. Like I didn't care about the pills and weed like 'Cause you can't really tell. Um, I mean on, on weed you came, but it was like, who cares? It's marijuana. Like you, you drink alcohol, I smoke weed, who cares? Right. Um, but that that high was a different high. Um and I didn't want to be like falling asleep and stuff like around normal society people. So I was like, I only did it in house. Um but that that progressed. That That progressed that got to the point where I just i didn't even want to smoke weed, didn't want to do pills, didn't want to drink like I just wanted to do that, and I didn't buy it by any means um I would give somebody a ride over and they would get it and get me a line um so like my mom didn't know like nobody until <sighs> one night i was uh so I lived with my mom at the time at this time. Um, because it was when I got out of, um. Let's see, was it when I got out of? Or so it was before I, I failed. Okay. So it was when I got out of jail the first time. Um, they gave me an option if I wanted to live with my mom or my grandma, and I said, "Well, it'd be better to live with my mom," um, with me being on probation. Um so uh, one night, she left, and I ended up getting high before I came back home and uh I ended up overdosing on her kitchen floor um to me it 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 just felt like I was in a dream i mean nothing like just was out um thankfully, the person that was there with me uh called nine one one um and, uh, Jeremy Lynn, like he was the first person I seen when I woke up, when I came to, um, and like I said, my mom didn't know until then, like that was, yeah, that was the backbone. You know I mean, that was the that was a backbreaker to sure. her and it, it, it still didn't stop me. Like me walking, physically walking to the ambulance, seeing her in the street, crying her eyes out hysterically the next week, once I recovered, the next week I was getting high again.
0: Well that was gonna be my question. So again, you had mentioned River City Schools. I've always said this and I'll say it to the day I die. I'm from Newport, born and raised. Newport Bellevue, Dayton, low, low, and I throw homes in that mix. Yeah. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just different. Pick on Matt here, he's a rich boy, he went to Dixie Heights, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He, he never hey. he, he never struggled. <laughs> I'm joking. But um so and again you 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 answered my question. But I don't know your mom, but um, she seems pretty pretty straight up in terms of Newport, Bellevue, Dayton, Lalo, like, you know, probably drinks a little bit, smokes a little bit. But oh, she she's loves, your mom. Oh, you she
2: think. she don't smoke weed. Um, oh, she smokes. No, no, cigarettes. I just you know, yeah, like it, my mom. You yeah, drink, she, smoke, she yeah, karaoke's yeah. every week. Right, exactly. Catch yeah, her live. So, Facebook Live. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, what's her name?
2: Tanya Foster. Tanya Foster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Check her out on Facebook Live. <laughs>
2: if there's a, a band, it's it's being Facebook Live. If there's karaoke, guarantee Friday, Saturday.
0: There you go. So, um, so to to your point, I know you don't answered part of this. You said the next week. You just Jump back on the wagon, let's go. Yep. So, when you got home from the hospital, though, what did? And again, you don't have to get into it if you don't want. But what was the conversation with mom?
2: Never had one. So, um, so I didn't even want to go to the hospital, but cop was a dick, and he was like, "You either go with us or them."
0: So he's Cause a dick because you overdosed <laughs> and you did <laughs> well, well. a hospital. Well, because.
2: <laughs> Like, I try to play it off. I'm like, I'm just tired from work. You know what I mean? Like, I was still, like, fucked up from the Narcan and shit. Like, all goofy and laughing and stuff. And I was just like, I'm not going. Like, I don't need to go to the hospital. Like, I'm fine. You guys saved my life. I'm good. So, he was like, either go with them or us. I'm like, I'm going to go with them. Well, um, my mom ended up coming out to the hospital. And they only keep you for, like, three hours once it wears off. Well, my phone died. And I didn't even want to, like have that conversation like I just want to try to avoid it so I uh ended up right before my phone died I ended up uh calling for a taxi and uh I remember I got I walked or I, he took forever something I don't know what happened when well, my phone died and I'm like I'm I'm not waiting out outside the hospital so I walked down to the Newport Kroger and uh bought a lighter because I had cigarettes on me and I was still fucked up like I'm, like, looking around, and the security guard, I guess, thought I was trying to rob him or something. And then he seen the uh, bracelet on my wrist. And then I went outside. I threw up. And uh, he ended up calling a taxi for me. So I ended up getting home. As soon as I got to my mom's house, straight to the bathroom. Threw up, like, bad. Like, I laid in bed from Friday. Well, technically, this would have been Saturday morning and Sunday. Like, I couldn't get out of bed. My sternum was, like, cracked from when they gave me CPR. Um, and I told myself, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Like, fuck that. Well, a week later, back to getting high with heroin. And,
0: again, that's, that's the addiction part where I'm like – and, again, not you, but, like, me. I'm like, I, I couldn't imagine that. Like, you just said, here you are, Narcan, cops, hospital, mom's kitchen – Fucking walk down to Newport Kroger, get a cab, throw up.
1: Crack sternum.
0: Yeah, crack sternum. (laughs) And five days later, you're like, all right, boys, let's go.
1: Let's get it. So once you got to the heroin, was that it? Was it full go heroin all the way till the end? Or were we still doing a little bit of whatever? No.
2: I mean, if there was weed around or whoever I was doing heroin had a joint, yes. But I wasn't looking for weed. I wasn't looking for perks.
0: Gotcha.
1: Right. The reason... (laughs) I guess that that's, that's, that's the king shit, right? Heroin, you know, in, in my opinion and an and experience that I've had with some good friends that I went to school with and, and didn't have the opportunity to have people called. Um, so I'm always just interested to try to understand and I can't thank you enough for coming on and having the courage to talk about this. Um, I'm all ears. That's why I'm not saying much. Um, so the questions I ask are just kind of, I'm just you know, taking some notes, but. Um, heroin's a motherfucker
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and once you get there I always say there's two ends it's jail or death
2: yep and I experienced partial death and I experienced jail but you're here now Mm -hmm. yeah and that's another reason why it's just like why turn back you know what I mean like I, I like I survived like not too many people get that second chance right you know what I mean even if somebody's there to call. Like, they even told the person that was there with me that if he would have waited a second longer, they wouldn't have been able to make it. Like, he told him, he's like, his lips are purple. Like, he's not breathing. And I don't honestly have a clue how long I was out for. I, right. I don't know. Right. I just remember I woke up right in front of the refrigerator, sweating. Hmm. Getting searched. Getting talked to Cops and EMTs all in my house. Well, my mom's house. Right. And it was, I'd say probably, it had to be 10, 20 minutes after she left. And then next thing I know, she's out in the street crying. Right. And I was just like, um, I don't need that. And then Once I was healthy and better, and so it was, let's go get some. Yeah. I'll drive. You buy. So...
0: Um, and we're going to jump around here a little bit. So when you came back, and let's just call it what it is, people's like you said, people's probably shutting the door on you, not not answering your calls, don't want nothing to do with you. Did um, I mean, they had to hurt a little bit, right? Or were you self-aware of? Look, man, I I know what I was. This is just part of it. I have to I have to earn their trust back or earn their friendship back whatever you want to call it like how did did that feel
2: oh it it sucked because i i knew that the people i was getting high with wasn't the people that i would normally hang out with maybe if they were at a bar i'd I'd hang out with them but it was just like every day but Mm -hmm. these these friends that i i have now that i i abandoned um i knew it was gonna be an uphill battle i knew that That six years or five years or whatever it was that I wasn't getting back. You know what I mean? I missed my best friend's wedding, Nathan's, because of my actions. I was in treatment because of my actions. He got married in October, and I was in treatment.
0: Yeah, like I told you, uh, I didn't lie to you. Um, He was the first person I called 'Cause I jokingly said, Well, hell, if he's in his profile picture, <laughs> he's the first guy I'm gonna call and talk to. And um, you know, we talked for about ten minutes and you know, it was just uh it was just me just asking him, like, look, I know him, but I don't know him, you know, and I went and lied to you and he was like, Oh man, now he's he's a good dude, you know, and like he didn't hesitate. There was no, oh man, well I it was just he you know, he just straight up said it. You know, yeah, he was he like, Now nah, he's good, man.
2: Like his family was my second family, like in high school, spring break. I stayed a night waiting a whole spring break. I'd go home, right. take a shower, change, right back up his house. No. Like it was no, – you're right. I, um, went to vaca- I went on vacation with him, the Hilton Head, right after, right after we graduated high school for like the first two years. And it was just like – you know, what I mean, these are the guys that I went to battle with on the football field, on the basketball court. you know what I mean, grew up with my whole life. Went to parties with, done stupid shit with. And it was just like, I'm going to throw them away for – what to get high right so i knew and i i kept i kept close contact when when i when i was allowed off property i'd go to the library um you could if you had a uh uh obama care card okay uh, you get you got to drive the little shuttle ride or whatever around town for free okay um so i'd go to the library and i'd be at the library from the time i was allowed off campus until the time i had to be back and I was on Facebook. Okay. Um, and then when I was able to get a phone, like, I, I kept close contact with him. But I knew that that wasn't going to be enough. Right. And I I didn't know um, what the first feelings would be like being around him. Like like I said, I missed his wedding. And then the next wedding I, I went to. And then Chris Hichu uh, asked me to be in his wedding. So it was like, I think I was like a year or two home from removed from treatment yeah so it was like we got that it it was like we never lost that bond but i knew i had earned their trust that's awesome whether like i I never stole anything during my addiction but i knew that they were gonna probably look at me kind of funny at first like is this the same guy before he got high or is he just trying to like get into our good graces so i i knew it was it was going to be hard um but they just made it easy. Like, like it was It was like I was never gone. I mm. just was, I just missed everything. I mean, but I was still, like, still I was there. present. Yeah. But my soul wasn't.
0: Gotcha. Good for them, man. That's awesome. Because, um, like I said, I have to keep repeating myself, but growing up, I don't want to say how we grew up, but where we grew up, it's, it's. there's a lot of funky, you know, and they could have very easily been like, ah, no, nah, we're good. Yeah, but, there's,
2: um, there's definitely a lot of, uh bad influence around here yeah it's and different it's, and it's just uh the the people that you put yourself around
0: right now i'm with you man um i, I don't want to get into it but uh i have a situation to where um that's what i continuously tell them listen you hang around bad bad shit's gonna happen over and over and over so just the other day i got on a rant I said, fuck plus fuck plus fuck plus fuck equals fucked. You know, like it is, it is what it is. If you ain't changing, man, and nothing else is going to change. Right. You know, um,
2: and I'm not saying them people are, are bad people by any means. Right. But just the decisions. Right. You know what I mean, no, like,
0: that's why, um, did do you have any kids? No. Okay. But no, um, and again, he'll tell you, I'm, I'm kind of a jerk, but that's what, um, I'm hoping that my kids are understanding. They're 12 and 10 now. Um, I, and again I, I I tell him like every decision you make is important. You know, that's why I get mad at you and and I wouldn't lie to you. Today we went to Chipotle and my son Zach left his uh cup on the on our table. Damn, bro. Important, um, man. <laughs> yeah. Matt, uh, your other host here didn't put his phone on silent. Um, so uh uh he had his cup, you know, Chipotle cup, you know, after a while, eventually he's gonna sweat through and it's gonna we've right. got we've got a brand new couch upstairs. And I'm like, Zach, put your goddamn cup up, you know, and they don't think it's a big deal, but when you're 39 years old and you just spent $1,200 right. whatever on a goddamn couch, you don't want their cup to be on there, right. you know, and, and there's times where like, you know, they're just, they just, zone me out. And as a parent or a friend, you're, you, you know, you, you want, you want them back. You you want to, all right, stop zoning me out. I want you to acknowledge me again. And I was going to have to sit down with them and say, listen, guys. All these little decisions. I'm hard on you because if you keep doing them, they're going to become bad decisions. Exactly. You know, um, and I know it's minor. It's a cup, or it's you know not putting your dirty clothes in our hamper that's right outside your room. You know, it's little things. But I, I am a big believer, man. And, and to to your point, bad decision plus bad decision and bad people equals bad shit. Right. Um, but anyway, sorry to rant there for a minute. No, you're good. <laughs> it's just that's, that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, you got man, uh, anything else?
1: I'm going to go a little deeper. Maybe all right. all try right. to all right? Um, just because, again, I'm curious. So I asked the question, how old were you when you you got to college and you started smoking weed? It appears that that was pretty much your first experience. And, you, and then we backed up and maybe a little bit before you had left around the Dayton area. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything deeper that you were trying to that happened in your life? I, you mentioned your father was in and out of prison. <laughs> You stayed with your grandma that wanted you to feel better. That that that's why you used, you know, your life, I guess, if you will.
2: I mean, yeah, I guess so. Trying to trying to fill that hole hole up. You know I mean, not having a father. You know what I mean? I and my mom worked two jobs. Um. So it was just like always around my grandma. I didn't really. And at that point she was, she was still up in age. So I, I didn't know how to be a kid. Oh, I guess. You know what I mean, I, I didn't know how to, like, like I said, she was strict. Um, but it was just like, I didn't get to do what other kids got to do. Like I didn't really get to go skating. Um,
0: Skateland Paradise, baby.
2: Well, that or Rekka. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? I didn't get to go to home football games at a young age um, because I didn't have any role model or any older um, person in my life that I knew that would take me to them things. Um, my sister was, she's only two years older than me, but um, it wasn't like an adult. I mean, like an aunt, uncle, or even like, the friends that I have now, like I really didn't hang out with them until like middle school. Right. Like, yeah, I was seeing them in school like third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, but it was like school home, yeah. school home, no extra activities. Um, I would throw, throw baseball up against the Patriot factory or whatever. Cause it was r- right there in front of my house. And I'd act like I was Barry Larkin. Right. Like for four hours because I, there was, I couldn't go to the park. I couldn't, like, there was only a certain amount of area that I could go to without my grandma not being able to see me. Like, yeah, I could ride my bike up and down the street, but that was it. So, it was like, I was just trying to feel, fill a void, and then it was just like, once I was started getting older, I started obeying curfew. So, I'm 16, i got to be at home at midnight while I'm coming at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, high as fuck or drunk as fuck. Well, not really high because I didn't do it, but drunk as fuck. Right. And then when I was 18. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you're going right, to kick right. me out. And she would never do that. But if you're going to kick right. me out, oh, well. Like, either give me a house key or I'm waking you up at 3, 4, 5 in the morning and let me in. Right. Like, it was just, it was the older I got, it was like nothing mattered. Like, she, you can't tell me what to do. I'm I'm old enough now. You know what I mean? So, I'm going to come home drunk. Or I'm going to come home smelling like a skunk. You know what I mean? But I was, I never, I could say that I never was under the influence of heroin when I entered my grandma's house.
0: So was that because that was your heart telling you, like, I i, I can't do this, I'm walking there? Or you just timing? Just, or? Yeah, just timing, yeah.
2: Um, Really, I just didn't want her to see me like that. Like, I don't even smoke cigarettes around her. Like, I just didn't want her to see me under any kind of so influence.
0: isn't that interesting? And again, unless there's more to it, but you had said she was a strict one. So, it's kind of like, you know, people think that, you know, people are mean or jerks. But at the end of the day, she's probably who you respected the most.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like some of the stuff that, like, I was never really grounded but it was like, come home, do your homework before you can do anything else. Or, like, I couldn't even fathom to think that if, if I came home and didn't do my homework and hop straight on a video game, what she would do. Right. Because it was, that, was, that wasn't a normal which is awesome. I mean,
0: because I mean, I know you're a little younger than us, but that's just old school grandma's, man. Yeah. That's she's, what it is. She's like, old
2: school as it comes.
0: Dayton streets are like Newport. They're kind of long, and it was probably if I look out this door and don't see you, your ass is in trouble. Yeah. If
2: I wasn't home before the street <laughs> lights was on, Yeah. I lost my bike. Yeah. Or she, uh, she took something away. Like she would punish me, but it was never grounded. And then once the city bought our house, they relocated us up on six as I was older. I think I was in like seventh or eighth grade when that happened or maybe even sixth yeah. but it was it was to the point where oh well there's more people around i mean there's the store you know what i mean there's here there's there and then it, it gave me more leverage like my buddy lived up the street um and at this point i had a cell phone so I was like can i go you know what i mean like right i didn't have to be in when the street lights were on so i mean as the older i got the more privileges she gave me and the more leniency. But it was just like once I was 16, 17, I started going to high school senior parties. Yeah. Be home when I am. Like, and if Bang. I can't get in, I'm staying the night with somebody. Right. And you know what?
0: I mean, take a. And again, so at this point in high school, it was just weed, right? For yeah. for the most part. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, you were. You were okay. You just were doing drinking. all that. Oh, just drinking. Just I'm drinking. sorry. Just drinking. Okay. Yeah. Like,
2: what's crazy is my senior year, we, uh, it was basketball season. We, uh, it was like the first one of the year, I think. We had a party. It was like, I think we played Villa at home on a Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, I was shit faced. And uh, there was a couple. Um, I mean, I, I guess I could say underage, but fuck, I was on. Everybody there was right. underage. Um, but it was like a couple of freshmen or sophomores. And I'm just <laughs> right. passing them passing them out. Oh, you don't got to be here. Oh and, you to be and here. And you know
0: what? And like at this point though, you're just being let's be honest, that's what normal high school people do. They have right. parties and
2: drinks. And uh so I didn't know uh I didn't know this shit got leaked. I guess one of them got sick or somebody's mom found out or something. And uh Nathan's dad was our was our yeah. coach. And I was one of the captains. And I remember we were supposed to play uh Beachwood. Well it got snowed out. Or something. So I got, I got that I was always going out to dinner with him and stuff. And uh, so I don't think he knows, you know what I mean? Right. And because uh, he's all not a lot and stuff. And we're trying to come up with a game plan, who's guarding who, and the starting lineups and stuff. And the next day of practice, he, uh, it, it was, it was like me and a couple other ones. But he pulls us to the circle, to the middle of the court, and uh, he tells us that he knows. Well, they tried to like. The board was trying to expel us. Really? Yeah. And, like, he went to bat for us, and we just was suspended a game. We couldn't travel with the team. But, like, right. I'm thinking, like, everything's all right. He don't know. I'm good. <laughs> hey, and I'm, I ran my ass off.
0: At first, I thought you were going to say you went out to dinner with them, and Mr. Dilt said, hey, you want a beer? <laughs> nah, nah, nah.
2: Nah, he, he knew better. But, I mean, once we got to a certain age, like, he was he was fine with it like any any parent would you know what I mean right when you your kids uh at the legal age and his friends are too like you want to have a couple beers at the house have a cookout you know what I mean any any normal parent would right but yeah he would he would never let any underage drinking at his right. house we, like i would have to do stuff party like one time we had we had a party uh, after, home, er, after the homecoming game. <clears throat> well, he had us have practice the next day. <laughs> or no, it was, I'm sorry, after homecoming, okay. we had practice the next day. So it was like Sunday. Oh, did I show up to <laughs> nice. practice with – I had to practice in my dress socks because yeah. I didn't have <laughs> – I thought I had an extra <laughs> pair of socks in my locker. <clears throat> no. Like I yeah. showed up to practice with my homecoming crown – Shirt on button, um, like it was. It was a mess, yeah. and we had practice for like two hours. It was, and I don't think I went to sleep that night either. Right? It was. It was not good. But they knew. Uh, they knew more than we did, yeah. and we just didn't know.
0: It's crazy, man. Well, you have anything else,
1: Matt? Uh no, man. Uh, again, I, I appreciate. I appreciate you having the courage to come on and talk about this. It's it's pretty awesome. What's the message you would give to uh, to the kids?
2: Besides, besides the cliche, don't do drugs. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to Dare. Um. Just. If. If you feel like you have a problem, um, with any kind of drug or alcohol. Um, let's see. How can I put this? All right. So, if, like I was saying, if you feel like, You're spiraling, or you can't control um, your drinking, or if it leads to other things, I would definitely um, seek out to somebody that might have went through it, Um, or if, like, basically, if you feel powerless is basically the, the the best example I can give. I mean, if you feel powerless over any situation to where it leads to a drink, a drug, or anything like that, then I would try to evaluate yourself. If you can't, I would find somebody who has. And that's, that's the biggest reason why I wanted to do this is because I know there's a lot of people out there whether it's my age older than me younger than me um people's family members or whatever that they see every day um they they know that their dad or their mom or their uncle or cousin or whatever has a problem with alcohol drugs and if they feel like they do too or they go down that same road then definitely uh try to get help because I didn't I didn't think that I had a problem until I found out through treatment that I was I was powerless over everything which led me to um my addiction. And and I know that kids around here go home and see their family member either passed out, nodding out, you know what I mean, whatever, no food on the table because they spend their money, whatever, which none of our businesses, but kids are old enough to know that somebody has a drug problem or an alcohol problem these days. Mm. You might not be able to um detect it, but you know, like if he wakes up drinking or he drinks Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or twenty four seven and you know what I mean? Yep. Or can't function without it. Like then there, there's your sign, because I mean I could still function, but there's some people that just go to the extreme that there's like not a not a care in the world, right? To where one minute they're having a conversation, next minute they're nodding or they're stealing for dope or um getting so drunk that they're getting in fights or you know I mean just no care for society or their selves um that that was a that was a good question it it made me think because I, i wasn't really prepared for a message um just because i figured that by listening to the outline of my story the questions and everything and the answers um pretty much led that way um so it kind of caught me off guard. My bad. No, you're good. Like <laughs> nah, I said, that's, good, that's, that's, that's hey, a good question. It's authentic, This is a sit man. down. It's authentic. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess basically just, just make, make the right decision because not everyone has the disease or the chemical imbalance or um, things like that. Everyone does have a choice. Um. So you just never know. I mean, like like Tony could drink and know when to quit. Have two or three. Oh, there's my limit. Um, somebody like me. Well, I'm just gonna drink until I pass out, or I'm gonna get high until I pass out, or mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, oh, it's it's Thursday. I'm, I think I'm gonna take a four day weekend because <laughs> I'm too hungover, too drunk to right. too high to go to work. You're you know right. I mean, so just. I guess just, just make the right decision um, and uh, have a good support. You know what I mean? Like your friends. You know I mean, if, if you see if if you see somebody getting high or drunk, and, you know what I mean? Don't let them influence you. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, that's, that's part of it. You know what I mean? I figured like, oh, well, I want to try what they're trying. Or maybe if I don't do it, I'm... I don't can get considered as cool right. or uh popular or uh, anything like that. Like if they don't want to hang out with you because you don't do it then so be it. Like I had to find out that the hard way, you know right. what I mean?
0: And, and you know, I don't This is what you said there um, is peer pressure. Like, I mean, I know you said about, you know, same, same thing. Basically. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, we're again, we're six, seven years older than you, but, um, you know, then people just kind of fucked with you. Like, if y'all, Poms a nerd, he didn't do nothing. Right. You know, but now all your square. Right. Yeah. L seven weenie and shit. Yeah. But now, <laughs> now you have like social media. You right. know, like, and again, I know that's a whole other level of uh, of uh, bullying and abuse and stuff like that. But now, you know, it's one thing if we're all three out somewhere and you're like, nah, man, I'm out. You know, back in the day, I was like, oh, you're a puss, man. Well, come on. Whereas now. People tick-tock it. Oh, we're sitting right. here. David won't drink nothing. You know, and then now it's like, I think there's so much more pressure today. Does that make sense?
2: Right. So, funny story. So, so Nathan, yeah. right? Always, I always used to make fun of him. Like, oh, dude, you're square. Like, you don't drink. Like, you don't do nothing. Like, everything. You know what I mean? And then, uh, and look at him. Right. He's got a college degree. I mean, he drinks every now and then, but socially. Never done a drug in his life. And I always thought people like that were like, right. like, do I want to hang out with him and sit on the couch and watch TV or go out to dinner or do I want to go get high? Well, I'm going to go get high because that's what inter- interests me. You know what I mean? Rather than hanging out with a cool-ass dude on a Friday night watching movies or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Sounds lame, but no, you're today right. I'd rather do that than go get high. Right. You know what I mean? Like anything. Right. Like I'll sit outside on your patio with your family and fucking watch the Reds game on a projector yeah. on a Friday night, then go to a bar and get high or drunk, right? Or do or make an irrational decision that I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. I mean, right. so I guess basically just just don't get peer pressured into doing anything you don't want. And I guess I could fall along with choice. That that'd probably be the best way to explain, like, to to sum it up for choice. Do what you want and not what other people want you to do to fit in. And that's what I did. I did what I felt right to do because they're older than me and I thought that they were cool and I thought if I did this and I'd be cool like them and be able to do other things like them and people would want to hang out with me because I do this. And I mean, there just comes a point in time where you just got to hang up the shoes.
0: Well, on that note, that sounds like a good place to wrap up. Wrap it up. Listen, uh, we're an hour and 32 minutes in. I'm not shitting you. You can ask Dave. We put this together about 4 o'clock. <laughs> um, and, 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 and a reasoning with it was this. I know I had mentioned that he had reached out to me. I guess it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week. And um, um, you guys have heard me say it before, I think, between Thanksgiving and, and, and New Year's. I think it's just the most difficult time of the year for people. I think it's a financial situation and family and, and uh, everybody's dealing with something right now. Um, so I wanted to get him on here to get his story out there. And, uh, Dave, listen, I know some bad motherfuckers from Dayton brother, and you're one of them. So thank you. I thank just want to say, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, Matty ice. You got anything else?
1: Nah, I've said it multiple times. I appreciate you coming out and chatting with us. That's on such short notice. Um, your story is interesting. Uh, Keep sharing the hell out of it. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep our younger generation uh, right-minded,
0: man. Again, if y'all know somebody that uh, needs some help, reach out. Get them taken care of. I'm Tony Pompilio.
1: Matt Buford.
0: My man, David. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Merry Christmas.
1: Ya. Y'all have a Merry Christmas.
0: Have a good Christmas. Peace.